Good morning from St. John's Lutheran Church here in Dole, Ohio. Today's date is September 15th of 2019. We begin this recording with Pastor Steve Ramsey reading the Gospel of Luke 15 verses 1 through 10. And then he begins his sermon, standing on the promises, from based on Exodus 32 verses 7 through 14, where Moses is on Mount Sinai. I hope you have a wonderful day. And we'll see you next time. gospel this Lord's Day is the gospel according to St. Luke. We are in chapter 15. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and even eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me. For I have found the coin that I have lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Well, good morning again and welcome. I would like to turn your attention to the Old Testament lesson taken today from the second book of the Bible, the book of Exodus. Two months after leading the people out of the land of Egypt, Moses is on top of Mount Sinai, getting the Ten Commandments from God. And in the valley below, the people have made an idol, a golden calf, and they've bowed down to worship it. Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied among you all in the knowledge of God and of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 
In this passage from the Old Testament book of Exodus, it is possible that God is simply testing Moses. It is possible that God is only pretending to be angry and he's only pretending to be outraged. God is threatening in verse 10 to completely destroy his people. But maybe he's just saying that to see how his servant Moses responds. It's possible God is simply testing Moses. On the other hand, it is also possible that God really is that angry. And God really is ready to wipe his people out once and for all. Either way, here's the story. The people of Israel had been slaves in the land of Egypt, and they had suffered terribly there. But God, you may remember, sent his servant Moses. And through Moses, God had humbled the Egyptians. God had punished Pharaoh. God had then parted the Red Sea, and the people walked out of Egypt on dry land. He fed them with manna from heaven. And now, two months later, two months out of walking, after walking out of Egypt, that's all, two months down the road, Moses is up on top of Mount Sinai talking to God and getting the Ten Commandments. And in the valley below, the people have already forgotten. They've already forgotten Moses and they've already forgotten God. They've forgotten all the plagues on Egypt and they've forgotten the manna from heaven. They'd forgotten how God parted the Red Sea for them to walk across. And most of all, they'd forgotten the commitment they'd made to God to follow him all the days of their lives. And all it took to forget was two months. Two months and they had already given up on God completely. They made an idol, a, a golden calf, and worshipped that instead. And where we pick up the reading today... God has seen them worshiping this idol. And God says to Moses, that's it. That's it, I'm done, I have had enough. For turning their backs on their commitment to me so completely and so soon. Out of my way, Moses said, God, I'm going to wipe these people out completely. Notice what Moses says in response. Verse 13, especially. Moses does not say, oh, it was an accident. It could have happened to anybody. This golden calf had just showed up. It's an accident, not a big thing. Moses does not say it was an accident. Furthermore, Moses does not say, oh, my goodness, it's just a golden calf. It's such a small thing. It's not like it's a golden elephant or a golden blue whale. It's a very small thing, a golden calf. It's not a big deal. Moses does not say that either. Moses understands this is a big deal. Moses understands this is a very serious sin and not an accident at all. So notice what Moses says to God. Moses says, Lord, you can't destroy these people. You can't do that. You know why? You promised. 
You promised. You, God, swore an oath. You swore that you would save them. Now look, Lord, said Moses. You knew when you made that promise that these people were sinners. The fact that they have made a golden calf and bowed down to it should not come as a surprise to you. You know what they are. You know what I am. You've known that all along, and yet you promised to save us anyway. You swore an oath. And God, when you make a promise like that, shouldn't you keep it? Well, that's what Moses said, and you know what? God agreed. God relented. God agreed with Moses because, you see, when God makes a promise, he keeps it. So I'd like to think about promises with you for just a few moments this morning. It's really a very simple concept, promises. But in many ways, it goes to the heart of the Christian message. You see, we all know how to make promises. We know how to give our word to each other and to God. We know how to make promises. God knows how to keep them. Now, many of you have spent a lifetime trying to honor the promises you have made, and I want to commend you for it. Husbands and wives, parents and children, church members, all the promises you have made and kept for a lifetime, good for you and God bless you for it. Still, I also know that all of us here today bear a striking resemblance to the people in Exodus 32. We also know how to forget. We also know how to just let it slide. We also know how to quickly, quietly, conveniently back out and back away. And like the people in Exodus 32, two months down the road, it doesn't always take us long to do this either. Sometimes a broken promise may seem rather small. Sometimes, like diet or exercise, we think of it primarily as a promise to ourselves, and that doesn't count, Pastor, which I'm not sure I agree, but we can talk about that some other time. What I think we can agree on is that, like the people in the story, breaking promises is something we've all been known to do. And the pain this can cause is unlike anything else I know. But God, God who made this world, God who made us, God who loves this world, God who loves us, God who knows us better than we know ourselves, this God has made us a promise. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. He died to forgive us our sins. And what is a sin exactly? 
if not a very, very specific example of a promise we have made to God and to others that we have not kept. A promise for that matter that we may not have any intention of ever keeping. But knowing us and knowing our sinful ways, he died to forgive us anyway, and he rose from the dead to save us, and he promises. He, Jesus, crucified, resurrected, coming again, he promises to walk with you through the wilderness of this world till he leads you and all creation home at last to his promised land. And that's why we're here today, of course. We're not here simply because of the beautiful music or the warm fellowship or the rally downstairs with all the good snack food. We're not here for the food or the fellowship or even for the incredibly amazing sermons. We're not here for the sermons either. We are here for one reason and one reason only. God made us a promise. God has sworn an oath. He will save us through Jesus who died and rose again. We've got nothing here. Nothing. Except a promise from this God of ours. Forgiveness, life, salvation through Jesus Christ. A promise from a God who always, always, always keeps his word. Last point. This God who knows us and loves us and promises to save us, this same God has invited us. This God has called us to follow him on earth all the days of our lives. God saves, but God also calls and invites us to discipleship. And if you remember the words of baptism, very, very important, page 121 in the Green Book. If you remember having your kids baptized, then you know that we here have promised to do exactly that. We have promised to be his disciples. We have promised to worship, study, pray, witness, serve, grow in faith and love and obedience. We have promised to do all that and bring our kids along with us. So, okay, we're only human and we fall short. Okay, he's God, and in Christ he promised to forgive us. We know we are saved by grace. But okay, he's God, and we are his people. He's called us to follow, and we promised. Today's a good day for it. Standing on the promises, I cannot fall listening every moment to the Spirit's call, resting in my Savior as my all in all, standing and following, I promise, and it works because I know He promised. And He always comes through. He, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.